0: investing insights with right property group exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security
1: welcome everybody to the last youtube version of investing insights for 2022 vic as we record in december uh,
0: 2022 <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, i forgot the date um But it's the last one. It is, it is. Of the film version.
0: Yes. And the year's absolutely flown and um, it's amazing, right? So each year you think you're going to get all of these things done this year. And you come to December and you realize, hang on, maybe I haven't paid as much attention because the time's gone so much faster than I realized it would, right? And it's true with real, uh, you know, uh, general life and investing as well.
1: I, I think this year has been the quickest year on recent mm. records, for me anyway. Yeah. I, I just feel like we were here last time this year, last mm-hmm. year, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, um, and yet so much has happened over the year, which we won't go through because uh, everybody knows what has happened, unless you've been you know, living under a rock. But 12 months, mm. just super, super fast. And so what, what's really, I guess, exciting is to see what the next 12 months brings because there's going to be just as many changes as we've experienced Yeah, whether it be personal or business or in investing or whatever the asset class is Mm. there will be a remarkable difference this time next year as there always is and i guess as i say that the 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 question we get around this time every year or a month prior to this is is it a great time to be investing in december is december the month to purchase yeah and it used to be,
0: yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. Right. Not not thanks yeah. to COVID. And I think the trend was changing as we are going into COVID as well. That December no longer became that big uh, rush to purchase or to sell, uh, and a lot had to do with the ease of transaction and the ability of people to be um, able to tack and change with their mortgages. Um, traditionally, as we when we started investing in the very early years. Uh, you and I would have absolute shopping sprees at Christmas. That would be a Christmas list oh, shopping. It would it? be, yeah. and you'd literally you'd just wait for
1: mm. this time of the year. But I think you're right. It's become far less clunky mm. the process of purchasing or selling, and so people don't really have any, I guess, full stop or uh, moment in time with us. So, well, I'll wait. Even the spring yeah. selling season this year was a great example of that. And mm-hmm. albeit that the circumstances around the, the spring selling season have changed this year. We're not seeing those sort of
0: massive volume upticks for the the spring selling season. And I guess a lot of it has to do with the, like like, like you said, the ease of transfer of information, right? So Mm. if you look at the, if I can call it the yester years, because information was transferred via newspapers, magazines, and so forth, um, you you are able to then um, shape the market lot slower as opposed to uh, right now where you can really with the right commentary and and, and the right amount of focus by uh, a journalist or a media outlet into a sector can shape the market significantly do you know that's a really good a really good point and a, and a really good example
1: would be if we went back let's call it 15 years ago mm-hmm. or thereabouts and but imagine we were in today's circumstances with you know, higher interest rates uh, World economies in flux, you know, European wars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Off the back of a some would call a rather large boom uh, in real estate. But if you go back 15 years ago and change what we think is going to happen, sorry, put the same changes in 15 years ago in regards to what we believe the changes are next year going to be, in today's technology-assisted um process so it's instantaneous right so yep. let's imagine that the buffer rate was decreased and the interest rates come down well almost overnight you'd see a shift in the market mm. you go back 15 years ago and that would have taken months yeah at least three months for to the work next, its way through yeah.
0: so some a lot of people ourselves included were uh, reliant on the data that was given at the back of the magazine so uh, for those that have started investing in the recent years um, a lot of the investing data was not as readily available as it is right now. And so uh, quite a few investors were reliant on the back few pages of the um, property magazines uh, where they were showing which suburbs had gone up, which suburbs had gone down, both from rent and uh, value point of view. And you really needed three months worth of data to shape that. Mm. Uh, And and so therefore it wasn't instantaneous. At the very best case, it was three months. Yeah. And that would be best case. And also to add to that, the, the average,
1: person wouldn't have been able to afford the type of data that we get today yes. back then no it would have been out of reach for mm-hmm. almost everybody unless you're an institution yeah. or institutional organization now you know, it doesn't matter whether it's price finder core logic you know, xyz for thirty dollars a month mm-hmm. you've got everything yes or thereabouts yeah. maybe sixty dollars a month
0: which also creates a problem correct? There because then uh, a lot of people become too data-centric and um, uh, you know you get too reliant on the data to help make your decisions it is just only one facet of your decision making uh, arsenal and um, uh, you really need to bring in the ground truth the experience and um, your entire plan and capability into play before you uh, implement what the data is saying you should implement in terms of investing absolutely which brings us to today's
1: subject which is a follow on vic on from the facebook live Mm -hmm. uh, that we did last thursday or thereabouts and it's about three it's well the subject is three little factors which are quite large but three little factors which most people aren't talking about or even thinking about that could potentially change yet next year's market Mm -hmm. now next year is a little loose Mm -hmm. in terms it could be january it could be december next year yeah, that's a lot of crystal ball gazing of which not even the economists know when mm. uh, these I guess these components will change but so today is about what are those three factors components that will if they emerge will definitely reshape the market mm-hmm. but we think at least two of the three will be there next year and yeah, probably within the first half yeah. uh, of next year which is a big call but uh, we're pretty confident so let's Let's get into it because we also want to speak about what what their listeners should be doing to uh, ring fence, protect themselves over the Christmas period mm. with their portfolios uh, and their credit score. But we'll leave that to the, to the back end. So let's get to the first point, Vic. Uh, and the very first one for me is the neutral cash rate. Yep. So the neutral cash rate is when effectively the RBA will say, you know what, we've reached a level where we, think inflation is beginning to get under control. And we see that the the numbers within the economy, people are tightening their belts, spending is uh, decreasing. So we'll keep the cash rate where it is, mm-hmm. referred to as the neutral cash rate. Now, we had a taste of that, albeit a little prematurely, around about four months ago or three months ago, or whatever it was, where if everybody remembers the RBA uh, decreased the increase, so instead of 50 basis points, they dropped it to a 25 basis mm-hmm. increase. And what happened was the banks at the same time started to give some narrative and communication around saying, well, maybe we've hit that neutral cash rate. This yeah. is the beginning of the end of the rate increase cycle. And what that did to the consumer was it gave them a hope that they now know what they're going to be dealing mm-hmm. with in mm-hmm. terms of, well, here's our, here's our base rate, here's our floor level, we know what we're going to deal with so we can effectively and confidently jump into the market. And we saw buyer activity nearly triple mm. within 48 hours. Yeah. So the agents were reporting back to us saying the phones are rung off their hook. Buyer inquiry is super, super strong. We still don't have stock on market, but it was in and around that narrative around the neutral cash mm. rate. Now, if we get to that point next year, which some would, I guess, argue that we are in line with what the rba's comments around a soft landing and the economists uh, chatter around a soft landing for the economy that in itself would mean that well perhaps there shouldn't be too many more rate rises in the future but nonetheless once we reach that cat that neutral cash rate it will give everybody that confidence mm. in terms of their budgets yep uh, for their biggest expense which is the mortgage and allow people to confidently then re-explore
0: the potential market Mm, yeah so the three things that that we're talking really um uh, are the catalysts that'll uh, occur in the market we've still got the fundamentals your immigrations your rent your yields your um uh, scarcity of good property all of those things are there uh but these are the catalysts that'll come in and um, once we start getting a little bit of surety in terms of, okay, we've reached the threshold, it, it may go sideways, it may come down, or um, uh, it, it'll just give a lot more certainty with the investors and home buyers um, to say that that's, that's my maximum cost, right? Now, we also need to put it in perspective, whilst this stance with RBA, when they reach that neutral point, is going to be that they'll soften their tone they will start talking about potential interest rate decreases. Let's look at it from a holistic point of view. We, we, the, the media articles right now are saying eight con, uh, eight consecutive months of interest rate increases. But let's look at what happened before that. There was what nine or twelve months of rate decreases from the highs that we had eleven years ago, right? So this could be that it's just the stance that is uh, or, or the. Um, uh, the words that they use becomes a lot softer. The tone becomes a lot softer, um, but we don't actually get any rate cuts uh, it be, because we're, we're actually back at normal, or almost back at normal rates, what was um, there some 10, 11 years ago. Uh, and if you look at it historically, this is where normal cash rates normally lie. Uh, we went into emergency measures. Now we're ramping it back up to curb inflation. Otherwise, if money is too readily available, we spend willy nilly and we
1: have the same problem that we have That's today.
0: Right. So I, I actually agree with that. It'll be
1: the the tone from mm. the RBA initially. Yep. That will set the pace of the market, mm. I guess. Um, in terms of a, an interest rate reduction, I, th- I think it would be a very big call by the RBA to, to drop rates in the foreseeable future. Yep. Now, once again, the foreseeable future is open for I guess interpretation, but it's um, we're still got high inflation even if we get to that neutral cash rate we still need the trickle down effect Mm. of people essentially hurting yeah like that's that's what that's what it's about that's what they're trying to do is hurt in a very Mm. soft way
0: and and the property market is just
1: collateral damage yeah yeah very much so they don't want that's a really good point because the rba and the powers to be don't want a collapsing market Mm. because that's as we've discussed before that's the wealth effect you yeah. know how people feel about the equity in their homes and the growth in their homes is referred to in part thereof as the wealth effect and that gives them confidence to spend within mm-hmm. the economy when the time is right now some would argue that well, the powers to be are trying to hurt that wealth effect so that you do stop spending and, and quite frankly if we all want interest rates to stop going up yeah. stop stop spending. stop spending there you go solution 101 <laughs> stop spending your money and it, it'll happen um, but the tone will be the first I guess piece of the mm. or the, the first bit of evidence, yeah. and we've already seen we've already seen so. that yeah. correct. Yeah. We've already seen that headline inflation is the d- apology, yeah, decreasing mm-hmm. the apology. Um, we're starting to see some of the data flow in from anything from uh, the cost of shipping containers, which has mm-hmm. decreased rapidly. Uh, the price of oil, as yep. of today's recording, has dropped um, significantly mm-hmm. to I think it was pre-COVID levels. Yes, um, but yeah, that may go up again tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. the the fluctuating nature of that asset um, or that commodity. Uh, and we're also starting to see the, the inflation or the headline inflation start to decrease. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting to see over Christmas after the retail spend and once that's been reported on, how the RBA starts to talk yeah. around the economy early on next year. Yeah. But having said that, that doesn't stop the banks from putting rates up independently, independently yeah. from the RBA mm. because of the cost of funding overseas, et cetera, et cetera. So first piece is that softening tone around mm. uh,
0: the or from the RBA, which will eventually translate into that neutral cash rate. Absolutely, That's it will. Absolutely. And, and um, I guess the reason for softening the tone could also be the talk of a recession. Right, so the big R word, the big R word, yeah. yeah. So that that will be the trigger uh, to further soften the stance,
1: correct? Mm-hmm. And there are some economists that are absolutely a hundred percent confident that we'll we'll be in a recession next year. Yeah.
0: Now, it depends on what you follow, right? And, and well, it's half, on, half yeah. glass full, half glass empty, sort I, of thing.
1: Well, i've I've given I've given up trying to read the uh, you know, the different commentary from the different economists, not just Australia, but also. Worldwide, because their time, well, their their commentary changes. Hmm. There are very few that stick the path with what they've originally said, and are still adamant that we're going to go down that route.
0: Because the data keeps evolving.
1: Because the data keeps evolving, and it, um, the days are long, but the years are short. Hmm. As we keep saying, think about twelve months ago. Twelve months ago today, we were in a super hot market. Yes. Twelve months ago, this is how quickly markets can change. Correct, right? And. Everybody just cast your mind back to where you were 12 months ago and how quick it's cha- or evolved, but how quick the timeline was. Mm. And this is this is what can happen. We saw it also with the beginning of COVID. We saw it at the end of the APRA handbrake. We mm. saw it at the end of the not the, the last federal election that we just had, but the one prior Before. to that. Yep. We saw it at the end of the GFC. We saw it at the the beginning uh, of the LODOC days. The low uh, we saw it at the beginning of the first homeowner grant when it first evolved, mm-hmm. just before the LODOC days. Yep. So things change very, very quickly, which leads us to point number two. Yep. And that is the installation, I guess, for want of a better word, of government grants, whether it be federal or state, mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. So that could be a first homeowner grant, construction grant. We've already got the shared equity uh, scheme in Victoria. Mm-hmm. We've got the stamp duty concession in New South South. Wales. Um, Be very surprised if WA, Queensland, all the other states and territories don't come up with their own version thereof. Mm -hmm. But once we start to see more ways that homeowners can get into the markets that are being helped by federal or state government in combination with perhaps point number one around the neutral cash rate, and watch the market move. Yeah,
0: it'll explode in that sense. So a, a really good example of this is as we headed into COVID was the WA government's uh, builder's incentive, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you were to build a investment property or a, or a home, it have, didn't have to be a first home, uh, you got a 20K grant, yep. right? Provided it was in your own name. Uh, and the ensuing effect was that the construction industry got overrun with contracts, people brought forward, including myself, brought forward construction to take advantage of the 20K grant that the state government was giving. Now, if you roll that out to other states in different forms, and you mentioned the home equity scheme, uh, the stamp duty concessions here in New South Wales, it does have a huge impact on the market. It gets people that are sort of sitting on the sidelines. It gives them the catalyst to jump in. Uh, and in reality, when we talk about these three things, we only need two of them to fire to substantially change the market.
1: That's the point. We only need two of them. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even spoke about the
0: third one yet. Yeah,
1: which is the most
0: um, uh, well, critical one. I, I, I,
1: I guess. I think it is too. Mm-hmm. But but also with these state and federal grants, um, I even note that I think it was last like late last week, the New South Wales state government are uh, now full force uh, into – Rezoning, yes, a lot of the Sydney base—that's a
0: huge change.
1: That's massive. Now, most people would go, "Beauty, that's rezoning. That's awesome," um, and it is if you own the land. Hmm. But the local councils are also arcing up over that fact, yes. saying, "That's really, really good that you're going to rezone this land, but we don't have the infrastructure, we don't have um, the civil works uh, capability capability to make this to make this happen." And this goes back to something that we mentioned at the, when the federal budget released their housing accord, we yep. said for this tool to work, you need federal, state and local councils to collaborate. Yes. And at the very first step, we've got this disconnect between mm-hmm. local council and state government. It, but it is it, like when we look at it, the, the New South Wales government has said, well, okay, we need supply. Supply is going to change all this. Mm-hmm. I still think they've got it wrong. Um, whilst the rezoning of land with so, therefore, the potential construction of new dwellings is this, I guess, altruistic solution to it all, there's 8,000 components before it which we don't have today to allow that. So, as an example, we talked about civil works. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a client who their job is civil works for you know these large, (coughs) excuse me, these large developments. He's got a quarter of his machinery parked up, so whether it be graders, you know, B double trucks, uh, dozers, whatever it may be, can't get workers because they can't find the staff to mm-hmm. operate them. So it's a huge, huge problem. Let alone, okay, well, so let's say we've got the civil contractors and the the ability to do that. <coughs> Who's going to do the building? Where are the materials going to come yep. from? Who's going to get the funding to build, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And so, whilst the notion of constructing is a great solution to the problem. I still think it's putting the the cart before the horse. Yeah. As I've said, probably a dozen times now, let the retail investor get involved. Hmm. What? Why not also focus on existing
0: stock? Yeah. Existing dwellings. Yeah, and and this is this <laughs> is how it works in the, in the sense that. Um, when you have these government incentives come in, so we talk about the first homeowner's grant. Uh, one of the important things that that we failed to mention was the five um, percent uh, uh, first home buyer deposit scheme. Correct. Yeah, and that's that's got a huge um, uh, impact on the market, especially when you talk about point number three in a second. Um, but every time there's a government incentive that is that is in place or, or, or introduced that makes uh, that reduces the barrier to entry, you get an immediate um, flood of people coming in and it's the supply and demand effect where it the property market then actually come, rises up to meet it. So in other words the prices go up or the competition goes up really high and what they used to do in terms of discounting is no longer available. So the prices don't actually go up but the discounting stops. Correct. In fact I did an in- interview with a journalist the other day about
1: that very thing and what it does is it drags very quickly drags up the asset value of that corridor that mm-hmm. the grant is slanted towards and it's an it's a sort of a null effect yep I guess you' are you're in a very quick period of time you're paying more than what you would have let's call it just put a number to it six months ago mm-hmm. but now it's funded it and the only pe- people that really win out of it are the people that are involved mm. as simple as that it still is a barrier to entry very quickly because there's a serviceability issue here which brings us
0: to the third point. Yep. Yep. And I, think, and I think that's one of the most important points um, that uh, we need to be looking forward to next year, which is the reduction of the assessment rate. So um, uh, it, there was a episode that we did with Zishua from MLS Finance where we talked about the impact the assessment rate has uh, now going um, uh, into COVID, our assessment rate has been 3%. So it had been increased. So what what does that mean? Uh, if you're borrowing at 5%, you're being assessed at 8% principal and interest. So that's a significant increase in the repayment amount they're plugging into the calculator, which then reduces uh, as according to Z, uh, if you're able to borrow a million dollars, all of a sudden you're able to borrow only 600. Now that's, that's $400,000 off, right? So it pushes you out of your purchasing bracket significantly, but importantly, it also pushes you out of your ability to refinance. Correct. So, if you're an investor, what
1: Vic's referring to there, if you're an investor, you know, obviously we like to refinance, whether it be to reset our interest-only uh, characteristics or time period, or we want to recycle the equity uh, to to go again to leapfrog mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Yeah, you know, be liquid, liquid all the time, as we say every single podcast and uh, live. But the other, I guess, cohort here is the the homeowner yes not even the first time owner just a homeowner who's looking to either get into the market or re-get into the market they've got their serviceability albeit halved Mm. yeah now if you think about it and and we expand on that where where's the rezoning happening in the mortgage belt areas in the mortgage belt in the affordable corridors Mm. and so what it does and we we see this time and time again over every single cycle which is i guess you know our fortunate place having done this since 2000 or Mm -hmm. 1999 for you it's um so we get to see not history repeating itself but Mm. we we see the same patterns i guess occurring we see the same trends start to evolve and so what will happen is along with the the reduced affordability via the assessment rate and then the physicality of the mm-hmm. affordability as well with the rezoning of land with the new suburbs being created and the, because we we were talking about uh, sydney that southwestern corridor is an example mm-hmm. the influx of people that have moved there for the new homes because they want new, you know a lot of people want new homes and it was fortuitous for them to do so whether it be the construction grant and, and what have you yep. and it starts to perpetuate that area and its surrounds, surrounds. right? So this this will be a a matter of history, I guess, repeating itself, which is also why when we look at the data that we see the top end of the market having capitulated more so than the affordable corridors Mm. because there's an extreme affordability factor there. In fact, speaking of data, and you mentioned it earlier, ground truth, I think it was episode 54 where we say – don't always believe the data. there mm-hmm. has got to be the combination of the ground truth and the data. So anyone who hasn't listened to that episode, go back. Episode 54, I believe idea. So. Yeah, we I might am. put this in the comment section. In the show notes, it, yeah. yep. So that assessment rate, Vic, is huge. We're not talking about a reduction in the interest rates. We're talking about the assessment mm-hmm. rate. And what we've seen typically over the years is that whilst the cost of money is a very important factor, it's not the be all and end all no. it's, not. it's the availability of the credit as opposed to the cost of the the mm. credit that is dare i say it, more
0: important at
1: certain times of the of the market yeah,
0: yeah. so if, if money is flowing freely and the spread between the income coming in uh, in other words the investment um, uh the rents and the mortgage repayment isn't that great uh, you will still be uh, seeing a very buoyant market, regardless of the interest rates. And if, if one needs to just simply cast their eye back into uh, the yester years of just after the GFC, when the rates were at what, 7.5%. The spread was about 2, 2.5% between, um, uh, between the mortgages and the rents. The gross yield, yeah. Yep. <coughs> so, uh, you know, you had people jumping back in, into the market in droves because they could see the affordability factor there um the same will happen as soon as the assessment rates are dropped and the spread reduces between between the rent coming in and the mortgages repayment going out and you the, the, at the moment people are willing to buy and wanting to buy they don't have the ability to buy correct yep and
1: as you were talking about that and we have mentioned it in a couple of the, the different podcasts around some of those historical moments in time around the the gross yield uh even parking aside the cost of money mm. but remember when gross yields you started to see a sprinkling through for gross yields of five yes. percent for houses in correct. sydney correct that's like this is in our lifetime yes uh, not yeah back when there's a joke in there i can't get to it <laughs> i know <laughs> i was i started to but i'm glad you stopped me um so when five percent when we started to see those sprinkling of five percent gross yields on residential houses mm. It was a real trigger point for a lot of investors, oh, huge. to get into yeah. the market in Sydney. Mm. Yeah. Now remember, every, every, uh, every state and territory, and then every zone within that has its own barometer on what is classified as a good yield mm. um, versus not. Yep. Sydney five percent is a fantastic yield.
0: It is like it's
1: it is. A, it's yep. enormous. Whereas yep. if I went to Darwin, that's it normal. W- it would be uh, a little different. Um, mm. Yeah, five percent would be yeah very very normal. Yep.
0: Uh, And and, um, so we'd be talking about Sydney because it's an easy market to talk about, right? Because people can relate to it uh, and um, the data and the uh, nuances are very easy to um, uh, show. So if you look at Sydney uh, on its traditional run, every time the um, yield position in Sydney on straight out purchases on houses hits above 4.5%, people sit up and start taking notice. You throw in the infrastructure, the population increase that Sydney is experiencing and the plans are there for, and, and, and anyone can just simply Google the Greater Sydney Plan, right? And, and it's got a subtitle, Tale of Three Cities. Um, you'll see the infrastructure and, and, and the population coming in. So as it hits the four and a half percent and your assessment rate starts to come down in terms of ability to borrow money, and the talk of softening interest rates or certainty, right? Perhaps the better word would be certainty coming back in the market in terms of okay, yeah, that's that's what my end cost is. I'm getting this income. You will see people jump back in the holes. And the same is true for every state, every little suburb, every little um, uh, council area. You just need to drill down as to what the patterns are, what the opportunities are uh, in comparison to what the catalysts are for today and jump into those markets uh, in line with what your portfolio dictates. That's a really good point because most
1: investors that perhaps don't have the support who or who aren't fully consumed by investing in a healthy way, of course, they tend to buy then they recede from the market, they retract from the market. And even to the point where they, not, they don't even necessarily look at the news and, and look at the different data points and mechanisms mm. and components. And so what happens is, they start to re-enter the market too long after the fact because they're not fully i guess involved they're not Mm. coherent on all these different movements within the market because as you say there are certain tells and the tells are usually the result of these i guess small fluctuations small fluctuations in terms of the narrative whether it be council Mm rezoning whether it be the buffer rate whether it be the federal or state grants yeah uh, or whether it even just be a collective of everything in the media has collectively decided to report positively mm-hmm. as opposed to it's all doom and gloom actually as i say that have you noticed recently just in the last i'm going to call it two to three weeks that there has been a shift in the narrative for the sydney market huge shift yeah it's um from let's call it six to eight weeks ago it was stick a fork in your eye if you mm-hmm. want to property in Sydney to keep a close eye on Sydney over the next 12 months. Now, as a disclaimer to that, we don't necessarily believe that everything that is being reported in, in and around the Sydney market is true. Yep, I think it's just a lot of people having a speculative, I don't know,
0: conversation with in, themselves. In run into the buying season of Christmas. Correct. Right?
1: Yeah. There will be areas that I think in Sydney will capitulate in the first half of next year. And I think there are areas of Sydney which will do very well, Mm. Um, all things being fair and equal. But I also think that that's the case throughout many regions of Australia, because Mm -hmm. if, even though I said we wouldn't talk about it, let's, I guess, let's just paint the bigger picture here. Void of federal, federal or state grants, Mm. which was point number one, Um, void of the assessment rate, mm-hmm. right? But what about the the fact that we know that we've got a huge immigration uptick? Yeah. What about the fact that we know we're so undersupplied for accommodation and that our vacancy rate is at mm-hmm. historical lows? What about the fact that we are in the midst of the end of the finance cycle? Yeah. What about the fact that we have a construction industry in crisis? When you put just those components in play with Mm. the three that we've talked about and i don't know maybe the
0: best performing markets in the next two years are doing nothing right now yeah or being very selective in what you buy so that uh, you know you you take into account what's um, going to imminently happen uh, which may be that you know the interest rates go sideways for a little while uh, and you you need to be able to afford to hold on to it understanding that property investing is medium to long-term, not short-term.
1: Absolutely. Now, there are a few other things that I think we should be talking about, Vic, as we've talked about our three points mm-hmm. to look at. The catalysts. Ne- the catalysts for next year. Uh, and that is, and sorry, we're, we're going to go into them a lot further and a lot deeper, I should say, uh, in the beginning of next year. In mm-hmm. fact, just as a side note, there's a lot of exciting things um, that we have slated for next year. So make sure that you you, know, you keep listening in and and visit the socials, visit the website, and if you're not, or if you would like to get um, some free resources in your emails without being spammed to death, just jump onto the website and put your details in there. But there's some exciting stuff for next year for 2023, including a bit of an ebook, a bit of an mm-hmm. ebook. That was a really bad plug. for <laughs> it's a bit of an ebook yeah we wrote three pages and then we gave up it's um there's an ebook um in and around one of our main subjects which we've talked about many many times and that is design and i
0: think that's that's really pertinent in that sense because um whether you're starting or whether you're an accomplished investor i reckon next year is the resetting of your portfolio Uh, and we've also talked about uh, you know shuffling the cards of property and, and and working on the cards that you've been dealt with that it lines up designing your decade and uh knowing the cards you've been dealt with and and utilizing that to take advantage of next year's market is is what's going to shape up your portfolio for the rest of your lifetime
1: I I don't want to sound it's it's almost like a throwaway comment that we say every podcast I don't want to sound like that property guy or girl
0: that's girl you're referring to yourself yeah You're the one wearing a
1: pink shirt. (laughs) It's It's, red. um, It's red. (laughs) um, (laughs) I've got – I'm just looking at what I've got on. It's – I've got the – what's that, mauve? I don't know. Um, You've got the Pizza Hut tablecloth. That's it. And I've got the curtain. It's – I just lost the hell what I was saying. I think that – you know how the beginning of COVID, once we, I guess, assessed what COVID and what it was going to potentially do to ourselves – but also the economies and how it was a it was just a trigger point for everything to mm-hmm. to bulk up and yep. run. Yeah. Obviously there was a lot of moving parts in there other than COVID, but I guess COVID was a trigger point for a lot of those components. I think next year is the beginning of a market that will separate those that have and those that haven't you will see a lot of people add a zero to the net wealth and you'll see a lot of people lose
0: mm. many
1: zeros yeah from their net
0: wealth and, and it'll come back to uh, you know what headlines you're reading and how prepared you are and how reactive you are to the changes and how and th- these changes are predictive right they can be easily pre- be predicted it's just that we can't predict the exact time of these changes you need to be reactive to that and uh, the ability and the mindset to say you know what i'm going to pull the trigger early as opposed to wait for all of the uh, pieces to line up before i pull the trigger yeah as we say i don't mind being a bit premature Mm.
1: i don't mind missing or being five percent early yeah as long as i'm in and i've got the greatest choice Mm. because you can't always control the situation but you can control your attitude towards it yeah and i think like i truly do believe next year will go down as one of those Wish I should
0: have, could have, mm. did have. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much the same as what what you know we said just as COVID started is said, watch the market. Yes, do your household budgets. Yes, make sure that you've got certainty around your jobs. But watch the market. Now's the time to jump in. It wasn't us trying to drum up business. It was us giving you guidance in terms of hey, we've seen this market. COVID's just the catalyst over here right now. We've seen this market uh, in terms of how it will influence negative news, uh, and right now if we're talking 2023 it's exactly what we're saying is that watch uh the market unfold in front of you um in in the point that it could be for some people as you said earlier steve that uh, you gotta sit it out gotta sit it out yeah because it's not lining up for you Uh, not enough pieces are lining up for you Uh, but for others it could be restructure rethink reevaluate jump back in and it
1: it might not even be jump back in maybe it's just preparing yourself but yep. that's the whole point of the beginning of next year is to assess and to activate something mm. Look, once again doesn't necessarily mean purchase yep. but get yourself into a position so as you say get the household budget squared away get the refinances going get the capacities up whatever mm. it may be because it's going to be choice next yeah. year that we haven't seen in a long time actually as i say that picture this Let's imagine, or if you if you look at today's components, which we talked about, you know, mm. the vacancy rates, at immigration, jobs numbers, etc. So put all them on the table, then go back to, I don't know, choose your time. The beginning of COVID, that could be a time. The end of the abra handbrake, or even as recent as two elections ago. Mm. All right, and I would challenge anybody to say that the components that we have today are worse than what they were when those markets took off yeah i truly do believe we haven't seen these components all together for as long as i've been doing this yeah 22 years it's really exciting like i haven't Mm. it's uh and i challenge anybody to do that but i probably think that there wouldn't be that many people that have been doing it that long. anyway let's get to the as we wrap up vic there are on a on a serious note there are some things that we would urge all in Listeners, to be looking at mm. uh, at this time of year, so that you're safeguarding yourself. And the first one is check your insurance policies. Absolutely. So make sure they're current. Yeah. I can think of two very high profile people. Well, that's probably <laughs> overstating them. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> and they'd be listening. Oh, I know you're talking about me, Steve. Um, who this time every year their insurance has run out because mm. they're very, very busy people, large portfolio, et cetera. So do yourself a favor, jump onto the whatever the platform it is, whether it's EBM, Terry Shear, NRMA, ABZ, whatever it is, and make sure that you are current in mm. your insurance. Um, and if it's falling due in January, February, it, Pay pre-pay a bit it, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice the month so that it's, it's done mm. uh, and dusted. The next one, Vic, and you raised this one a, a couple of. Um, podcasts ago i think or the facebook live when we were talking about this and that is uh, in and around your direct debits so mm. whether it's a an automatic transaction for the mortgage uh, or the rates notices or the insurance or whatever it may be make sure that you have enough money in the accounts because it is christmas and you're yep. you're going to be spending and you're going to be going away and you're going to be mentally checking out mm. that everything is in place yep
0: and for for someone that's looking at buying their first property, their first home, um, maybe be mindful of which account you're utilizing to do your Christmas presents and all that because it breaks the trend, breaks the pattern uh, of uh, expenditure that you've got um, uh, happening in that account. And so it will make uh, the lending a little bit harder as well. Correct. Um, And almost direct debits, like
1: just uh, as we say with clients when we're doing the reviews is set those calendar events Mm. Yeah, in and around insurance, in and around direct debits, in and around end of lease, yeah. uh, et cetera. Actually, that's another one. So if you've got a if you have an investment property where the lease has ended so that it's just run its term um, at this time of year, I would suggest to you that you you stack the lease in a different direction so that you never have a lease that ends, no matter how buoyant the market is. But you never have a lease that ends anywhere. Or well, my rule is from the end of October to the end of February. Mm, That's mm. just my, yep. so that quarter thereabouts, yeah. stack your lease. So whether now you need to go a 14 month lease or a six month lease, which I'd probably suggest over the 14 month, mm. considering the buoyancy of the market, just get it out of this festive season um,
0: arena. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's important to do that. And sometimes you will get resistance from the property manager because it's breaking the template. So they're only doing six month or 12 month leases. Correct. And you need 13 months to get this over the line. So that you're not in the festive season. Um, so you need to actually pick up the phone and talk to the uh, talk to the property manager. Correct. And just coming circling back to one of the points you made in and around your spending
1: habits over Christmas and from which account and, and so mm. on and so forth, have a good chat to your brokers, especially if you've got finance at the moment and you are looking for a property. And you know, let's be fair, finding good properties, even in today, has been extremely difficult. But if your finance is running out and you go to re-up, so re-establish that finance, let's call it, I don't know, end of January as mm. an example. Where the bank will probably, or the lender will probably go, okay, give us some new pay slips and maybe some bank statements and what have you. Just don't go rogue yeah. over Christmas with your spending habits and buying Bentleys and boats <laughs> and big Cuban cigars. <laughs> An expensive scotch. All right, Vic, we've come to the end. Yes. Um, the last filmed version of 2022 for the the YouTube um, fans. Mm-hmm. But we will be back in the next year. Uh, we'll do the same thing again. But we do have one more podcast um, with with Phil, with Phil Tarrant, Squire. Uh, I think it's next week, yep. which will be or well, the week after sometime, mm. um, which will be the last one uh, for this for, year for the year for Investing Insight. So I won't wish everybody a Merry Christmas now. Well, actually, it will because it will come out. The next one will come out after after Christmas. Christmas. So everybody have a an awesome Christmas. Have an awesome break. Have a safe break. Um, recharge you deserve it recenter yeah it's been a tough bloody year it's been a tough Mm. three years Mm. um and maybe use it as a time to reset goals yeah uh, and what have you and and design that decade or readjust Mm. that decade so once again vic this is it
0: yeah been a pleasure
1: been a pleasure and we will catch you all in 2023
0: The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. So, because Sydney market is so easy to to talk about and uh, to to be able to... Sorry, um, sorry, let's, um, can we just, this lady out here is talking really
1: loudly, it's coming straight through everything. Do you know that's the first time, mate, in forever since we've been d- doing any podcast that we've had to stop, and now we don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are you? Are you? Are
0: you? Have you got the capacity to replay what we said last? No. Okay. Um, All right. I'll, I'll take it from you. Yeah, you'll yeah, edit yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're the magician. Yeah.